You're listening to Dear Reader, a book talk show featuring chatty librarians bringing you reading recommendations and a whole lot of book loving. I'm Justine Hanna, here with my fellow librarian and bibliophile Natalie Mason, and we're coming to you from Melbourne Library Service. Welcome, Justine. Welcome, Natalie. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about what we have been reading. Woohoo! It's my favourite topic of what to talk about <laughs> at any moment, at any moment. <laughs> it's what I talk about whenever I'm talking, essentially. <laughs> I was talking about it to mum last night. I was talking about it to my partner today. Yeah, no, I talk about it a lot. I talk about it to anyone on the tram, which is why I always get a seat and lots of space around <laughs> me. Very strange, that. Books, books, books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, before we get started, uh, let's remind our listeners, we'd love to hear from you about what you've been reading. So please do tweet us at Melb Library, that's M-E-L-B-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y, with the hashtag Dear Reader. And don't forget, you can also download Dear Reader episodes at iTunes. Just search for Melbourne Library Service and subscribe. All the books we talk about on the show will be listed in our show notes on our Goodreads page, which you can find on our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au on the Read page. Alrighty, first things first, Justine, what have you been reading? Well, I have been very, very lucky and have had a number of uh, weeks away on holiday. So what, sorry, what, sorry, what's that word again? <laughs> holiday. Oh, I've never heard of it. What happens? What happens? Well, a lot of reading happens, apparently. Does it uh, just? It does. And, um, yeah, I was very lucky as well because I am, as you know, more than happy to read uh, electronic books, mm-hmm. e-books or e-audio. And um, we, Melbourne Library Service, just subscribed to a new ebook platform called 3M, which you can find, dear listeners, um, through our website on the read page or the e-library page. And um, I was so lucky because all these wonderful books that I wanted to read happened to be available. I think I might have been the first person to even know it was there, this particular platform. Bit of inside knowledge, Bit maybe, Bit of inside Justin. knowledge, you know, insider trading. Um, so <laughs> I, was in, I, did, I was very, very lucky and I've had heaps of stuff to read. So my first pick is a book called The Lake House by Kate Morton. The new Kate Morton. The new Kate Morton. I know. I've been looking forward to it. I love Kate Morton. I'm a big fan. Um, Her first book, The Forgotten Garden, is my favourite of anything she's written Mm -hmm. until now. Ooh. Yeah. Um, So this book, The Lake House, is absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of storytelling. I think uh, it's as good as her first book, The Forgotten Garden, um, which, like I've just said, was was my favourite. We always have with Kate Morton um, two different timelines, or at least two different timelines, following uh, two women through their life in testing times. In this particular book, we have a young boy that is missing in the past, and in contemporary times we have a policewoman who is at odds with her superiors over a current case who uh, ends up taking up the cold case of this missing boy and that involves a female crime writer who is the who what is was is the sister of the young boy who was missing it's as all Kate Morton's books are, really lush and atmospheric. Uh, it's a mystery. Now, usually there is a um, a murder or something. Uh, in this case, I, I feel like it's it's more of a mystery than anything else, but I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Um, so basically there's a, a idyllic lakeside estate in Cornwall. Alice Edivane is a bright, inquisitive, innocent, precocious 16-year-old girl, sort of on the cusp um, to womanhood, and um, she loves to write stories. 
stories, mystery stories. Um, and then one Midsummer's Eve after a party, the, the yearly party, um, the family discover that their youngest child, 11-month-old Theo, has vanished without a trace. So there's tragedy, the family is teared apart, all sorts of things um, happen. Decades later, Alice is living in London and is a successful uh, crime writer. And um, Theo's case has never been solved, although Alice still thinks she knows what happened. And then we also have Sadie Sparrow. I love the name, Sadie Sparrow. That is a good name. (laughs) Who is a young detective in the London police force. And she's staying at her grandfather's house in Cornwall where he's moved um, after uh, her grandmother has passed away. And uh, while out walking one day, she stumbles upon the old Edivane estate, um, clearly abandoned, her curiosity is sparked, and basically a series of events is triggered that brings her and Alice together, and the truth is revealed, the shocking truth is Not revealed. Not the truth. No, I know that old thing. <laughs> <laughs> her novels do follow a similar pattern, so it is kind of a comfort read in a lot of ways. I know what to expect, but it's done so well, and I really think thoroughly enjoyed it. There's suspense, there's tragedy, there's secrets, and then um, usually all is revealed to the reader, if not necessarily to all the characters mm. um, in all of her books. But anyway, it's um, it was a really beautifully written mm. book. I did feel like the ending maybe was just, it came too quickly and then it was done too easily. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. but it was still really nice, a really great read. And um, just one of those books that, you know, I could give to my mum, I could give to my grandma, I could give to almost any female of my acquaintance and I think that they would enjoy. So that is The Lake House by Kate Morton. Beautiful. Mm. Kate Morton. I know. <laughs> it's like she has a font for the front of her books and they all use the same font. Beautifully designed books. They are always very beautiful covers and yep. we know I like a good cover. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with covers. No, I know that. <laughs> Why else would we choose what to read? Okay, Natalie, your turn. Okay. Um, I read this short story collection recently and it just knocked the wind out of me. It's called Heat and Light by a young um, Brisbane author who has Aboriginal and Dutch parents. Her name's Ellen van Nieven. Um, the entire collection is just a wow collection of short stories. But the first story just kind of like blew my hair back. It was really powerful and clever and could have been an entire novel. Um, and I, it's the kind of thing that I read and then stopped and just sort of stared out the window of the tram and then went back to the beginning of the book and read it again. Um, and I forced a colleague to read it on their lunch break, um, who's also a writer, and I, I thought that they would like Um, this and I sort of also wanted to test out was that just a what was that reaction that I had and so I gave it to them and they took it off took the book with them on their lunch break and came back and said that was quite possibly the best short story I've ever read wow so I wasn't wrong no no never (laughs) often but not about this book or this these short stories um the writing is beautiful and it's powerful and there's a line in that first short story and out of context it's not going to make a great deal of sense but just the phrasing, I tug at the traffic all the way to the city. I, I think anybody who's ever been stuck in traffic, traffic knows exactly that feeling. But it's more than the frustration of mm. sitting still. It's I tug. Out of context, it's still amazing. <laughs> um, I found her voice to be fresh. Uh, the storytelling is original. It's introspective. The characters are flawed. Um, 
it's divided into three parts, this short story collection. Heat is a series of short stories about the Kreisinger family, which is my favourite part. So they're interconnected, they're told from different perspectives, the character names are similar throughout, but they're individual stories about a very large, sprawling family. Um, Water is the middle section of the book. It's one long short story about a displaced uh, tree people. Mm. Um, It never descends into absurdity. It's handled so beautifully relationships develop and it reminded me of margaret atwood just that slight sort of magic that that goes on when something happens between a tree and a person just that little hint of oh so tree people as in people who live amongst the trees people who are trees oh good because that's what i thought you meant and that that excites me yes i love that but it's handled so beautifully that there's nothing there's there's no it's not a caricature of of how silly tree people could be it's this beautiful it's a whole long um race of people who have a history and a connection and and how they're treated and how they are intend to be treated and and then the this relationship blossoms and it's just authentic it's mm. just so beautiful um and the final collection uh, the final part of the short story collection is uh, under the banner of light, and all of these are disconnected stories. The characters aren't interwoven; they uh, they don't share anything um, other than this longing for escape and freedom. They're they're longing for something. They're unfulfilled in one way or another, um, and those stories are very separate, set in different times, different places, um, different groups, of, different types of relationships in those stories. Uh, but that that whole end of the book. You know, all of those characters are longing for something. They're looking for something. And I found myself among them when it ended because I was longing for more. I wanted wanted to, well, I'm quite happy to um, and probably will go back to the beginning and read it again. I don't think I need any time between readings. It's just it was so fulfilling as a reader to get so much out of such short stories. Mm -hmm. Just Absolutely brilliant. And I is it the kind of book, though, like being short stories that you do need to read from front cover to back cover or can you actually just pick out the individual stories or pick out the sections? I would encourage you to read the whole thing because the whole thing is brilliant. But you could <laughs> certainly read the heat stories, for example, or just pick out the, that middle section and, and read the story called Water um, about that kind of really special relationship. Mm. But um, I think Ellen's voice is is brilliant. Um, I saw her speak at the Black and Bright uh, Victorian Indigenous Literary Festival. Um, very articulate, um, very soft-spoken, very everything she says she's thought about, very thoughtful, excellent. Everything about uh, I would highly – I'm going to go back and read some of the publications that she's put out before, I believe, as – well, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure, but I know she has published before. I don't know if it's short stories or a novel, but certainly be delving back and, um, and to the read, back catalogue. Yeah, and reading what else um, she's had published and certainly keeping an eye out. That uh, collection of short stories that I absolutely loved, Heat and Light by Alan Van Nieuwen. What is your second pick for today, Justine? <laughs> so my second pick for today is a book that I'd been meaning to read for quite a while. It's All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. I think it's D-O-E-R-R, so hopefully I'm saying it some, somewhere near the correct pronunciation. <laughs> so it's um, it's actually a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. Yep. It's the story about a blind French girl and a German boy whose paths collide in occupied France as they both try to survive the devastation of World War II. 
Um, it's two parallel stories and these two about these two children growing up in different countries, and it's absolutely sweeping and beautiful and poetic. Um, the narration moves back and forth in both time and place between the two main characters. I thought it was really warm and really subtle, actually. Um, the characters were interesting. I loved them both. They they were really good kids and then as they grow up a little bit into that sort of, you know, tween, you know, age and then, you you, you know, you, you follow them along and, and, and the trials and tribulations and what's going on in their lives and especially in this very fraught time in the world, um, they just were beautiful characters and I really connected with them and I thought the author did a very good job of showing how easy it is, particularly when it's all you know as a child, how easy it is to get caught up in the propaganda of our time, whatever that time might be. Mm. Um, also, there was a beautiful story, The Tale of the Diamond. Uh, I don't know if you've read the book yet, but I, I won't say spoil it for anybody, but it's a beautiful sort of myth that um, is handed down and, and, and the book tells the story and it w is weaved throughout and I thought that was just absolutely really well done. Never felt forced. It was just really natural. Um, it's a war story. It's a coming of age story. It's a philosoph philosophical fable. Um, it looks at moral uncertainties of life, um, at the beauty and the danger of the natural world that surrounds us. Um, it's sad. It's happy. It's resigned. It's hopeful. Uh, I, a lot of people actually have commented um, to me that they thought it was a bit too similar to The Book Thief, which I also loved by Marcus Zusak. But uh, to be fair, I, I didn't see that really at all. Like, I can understand how on the surface being set at the time it's set in, you might see that, but it's, um, and it, you know, it does touch on similar concepts as well. But to me, it was completely different. It was written very differently and um, it left me with a completely different feeling. It was, I was, it was just such a great read and the, the ending it ended so well and so beautifully and so realistically as well, I thought. So having, you know, this sort of fable that's weaved throughout, mm. it, you know, I did wonder at some point when I was reading it whether or not um, my hopes and expectations for how it was going to end would be met, but it, it, they absolutely were. It was so, so well done, well written. So that was All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Durr. Wow. Do you think it'll be a film? Oh, probably. <laughs> I'm not sure I want it to be, but, you know, probably. Maybe what it's quite a big book too, so I don't know. They they, they might have to chop it too much. Mm, mini series. Mm. <laughs> My second book for today, what I've been reading, I read The Good Girl by Mary Kubica. Now there's a few current titles called The Good Girl, so you want to make sure you you get the <laughs> right, right one. one. Um, it was written in 2014, and I'm going to begin this review as I will review all books that have a cat as a character. I'm going to talk to you about the cat. Okay. Okay. So there was a cat called Canoe. Um, Good name. Yes. And Canoe uh, features in about the second half of the book. How do you spell it? C-A-N-O-E. Okay. Well, I just wondered it could have been K-A-N-U. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Not Keanu. <laughs> canoe. <laughs> cat called Keanu. Well, I never. <laughs> okay, I found The Good Girl an absolute breeze to read. It was uh, it was what I needed in between everything else that I was reading that I felt was a little heavy. I just needed a nice, light crime fiction, straight up and down. What's going on? Okay, a rich woman is kidnapped. Oh, no. Stockholm Syndrome ensues. Oh, dear. <laughs> It was. I found it predictable in parts, but it was always entertaining, um, or as entertaining as a story being 
about a woman who's been kidnapped against her will and held hostage could possibly be. Um, <laughs> it's told from different characters. There's before and after the kidnapping. Um, so you find out almost immediately that she is rescued. So if you're after a story where the ending is at the ending, well, this is not for you. The ending is right up there at the beginning. But then you have the whole story to piece together what happened and how. Um, the twist was almost unnecessary, quite frankly. Um, the story would have held up quite fine without it, but it was also subtle enough to just wrap things up real nicely. It was kind of the bow on everything. Um, as I said, easy breezy and just what I needed. Highly recommended if you're in between some large books, like some World War II <laughs> kind of hefty stories. Um, it's uh, it's straight up and down crime fiction. Highly recommended, well done and perfect for that time in your life where you just need a page turner that's going to capture your attention. Sounds great. Mm. The good girl, Mary Kubica. All right, your final pick for today, Justine. Oh, my final pick for today is a book called Leap by Mathanwi Jones, and I'm thinking I've got that right. Yes, Mathanwi. you do. Such you a do. great name, actually. Yes. I love it. Um, so I didn't really know a lot about this book. I um, picked it up. I had been heard a little. Uh, she's an Australian author. And um, I thought, okay, yeah, we'll give it a go. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. It's a novel about grief, about absence, about survivor guilt, about love, about death, and of course, about life. Mm. Um, this novel made me cry. And I think it would make anybody cry. Um, it interweaves two stories, Joe and Elise. So Joe lives despite himself. He's driven by the need to atone for the neglect of a single tragic summer's night that happened a couple of years ago. He works at dead-end jobs and in his spare time he trains his body. He's teaching himself parkour mm -hmm. and it's as if he's trying to conquer um, the hostile environment that is his world and that he feels um, took his love and smashed his future. Uh, so suddenly there is uh, a knock on his door that he's um, of the share house he lives in and um, a breathless girl turns up. She's a nurse. She just needs a place to crash. Um, she's, you know, wanting interested in the room that they, they've advertised for rent. So he immediately is, oh dear, this isn't gonna, this isn't good. Um, so why does he let her in? And uh, isn't he done with love and hope? Is the kind of you know catch. Um, then there's also on the other side of the city, graphic designer Elise. She is watching her marriage bleed out and um, isn't able to do, seemingly to do anything about it. She retreats to the only place that holds any meaning for her, which is the tiger enclosure at the zoo, where, um, for whatever reason, she doesn't even seem to know the real reasons, and we certainly don't find out um, terribly quickly, she starts to sketch. She's a hasn't been a painter for quite a while. She's been a graphic designer. That's her job. But she starts to sketch and then paint the beautiful tigers. And... The story, I really didn't understand the connection between the two. For me, when I started reading it, they were both quite disparate stories. And then suddenly, you know, you get this sense that there is this connection and, and, and you find out, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it's, um, it's really beautifully done. Um, it's, it's, so Joe has lost um, his love and Elise has lost her daughter. And it is absolutely the most... Um, sympathetic and empathetic um, 
you know, book that I've read that deal that talks about grief and loss and heartache and, you know, the things that you do to yourself in the wake of a tragedy. Um, so Joe is also a recovering addict and it, it's just really interesting um, the way it's dealt with. I really appreciated it. I, I really loved it. It like I said, it made me cry. It really touched at my heartstrings. And um, I think that it's anybody would enjoy this book. And I know it sounds funny to talk about enjoying a book that's about grief and loss, but there's hope there too. And there is love. And it, um, yeah, it was just, it was a really great read. And uh, I, I loved it. So that's Leap by Emma Jones. Now I understand why it's called Leap. There you go. Do you? I didn't until quite close to the end. <laughs> I thought it was the parkour connection. It is and it isn't. It's the parkour, it's the tigers, it's life and it's the leaps that we have to make in life mm. and the trust that we have to have as well. So anyway, there's so much. It ties it all together. It ties it all together. My last pick didn't make me cry at all. It may, You know what? It might have made me cry with laughter. Oh, really? <laughs> just, to, just to completely change the, the mood. Good. Um, uh, the Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford. Mm. So... Late last year, we um, we ran a promotion at the library called Book Bingo, and one of the squares on the Book Bingo was to read an author with your initials. So I did a bit of searching, and I came up with Nancy Mitford or Norman Mailer, and I chose <laughs> <laughs> I chose Nancy, and I'm really glad. So maybe next year, Norman. Um, the Pursuit of Love was written in 1945. It's part of a trilogy, and it's the first book. Nancy Mitford is my new hero. Oh. Um, I want to grow up and be her. What a turn of phrase. What wit, what charm, what an absolute <laughs> pleasure to read. It is a wicked tale of love's pursuit by those young and foolish enough to dive headfirst into romance, only to discover what love really is or what it isn't or what it could be or what it should be or what unfortunately it <laughs> It never will be. The narrator, her name is Fanny, she tells us at length about the members of her upper crust and well-to-do family. The book is set in the interwar and World War II period of England's history. Um, it's very much large house on the estate and the, the father goes duck shooting and there's tea on the lawn. It's just, it's it's. Downton Abbey, but, you know, 30 years in the future because that starts certainly before the First World War. I know a lot about Downton Abbey. But anyway, <laughs> it helped me visualise what was going on in the pursuit of love with these large estates. I absolutely laughed my way through this book and I felt like I got knowing glances from people on the tram as I was holding it up and reading it, people looking at, you know, everyone checks out what you're reading on public transport. Don't think for a second no one's paying attention. <laughs> but uh, I felt like I got some nods of approval from other people as I was absolutely laughing my way through The Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford. I love the Mitford sisters. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. I'm only just now knowing. Oh, well, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> what should I read next? Well, that's up to you. <laughs> and any of the sisters in particular? No, I'm thinking, okay, now I'm on this. Mitford's. Maybe you read about them because actually I find that actually more, not more interesting because um, I love I love reading what, what those that have written have written, but reading about them is really fascinating as okay. well. Yeah, so maybe find a, a really good bio or something. All right, I will look that up. Yes. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> what are you going to read next? Uh, what am I going to read next? I'm going to read Resurrection Bay by Emma Viskich. 
think I'm saying that right as well. Um, she's a young, up-and-coming author, uh, and I am just interested. It's, a, I believe, a crime thriller type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, well, I love anything really, but I also do enjoy that particular genre. So, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. And what about you, Natalie? What are you going to read next? Well, I'm going to read about the Midford sisters, of course. <laughs> what else is there for me to read about? Yes, nothing else. Well, that's our show. You can read our show notes, including a list of the books we discussed on our Goodreads page, which you can find on our website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and on the Read page. We would also love you to tell us what you've been reading or ask us for a reading recommendation. You can tweet us at melblibrary, that's at M-E-L-B-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y, using the hashtag DearReader, or you can join the conversation on our Goodreads page. Don't forget you can download Dear Reader episodes past and present at iTunes by searching for Melbourne Library Service and subscribing. And a huge thanks as always to Ben Mason who is responsible for our wonderful music on this program. You can check out more of his music at www.benmason.com.au And until next time, dear reader, thanks for listening. (laughs) 